So today's daf is daf Chav Ches. Okay, so daf 28, we pick up on the bottom of Chav Zayin Amud Beis. We are up to the beginning of the very bottom line. Shalu Tomidov Es Rev Preda. Okay, you see where we are? Getting the line? Kavad. Shalu Tomidov Es Rev Preda. The students asked Rev Preda, Bameherachta Yomim. What merit do you have to have arichas yomim, to have long days? Now, this literally means to live a long life, but arichas yomim also means to live a productive life. That's why it's called yomim and not shonim. Shonim means that you'll be zochet to have long years. Yomim means long days, which means productive days. So what, what traits do you have that allow you to live productive days and also a long life? So Omar Lahem, refrain to said to them, Niyama my entire life, like <laughs> Nobody ever came before me to the base Medrash. Meaning I turned the lights on in the morning. And whenever there was a Birchasamazan and a Kayan to lead the benching, I made sure to give him that kavod. Later on we're gonna explain even if the Kohen um, was a t- was um, equal to him when a Kohen was equal to him he would give him the kavod um, otherwise since he was the Talmud Chacham he actually should have kept the kibud the kavod and I also did not eat from an animal that the gifts to the Kohen were not yet separated now we know that when it comes to uh, giving miser uh, food or animals are considered tevel until that's separated. Here, he didn't even do it. He didn't even eat from it when the parts of the animal that would go to the kohen were handed over. Now, let's explain this halacha, or I shouldn't. We shouldn't call it this halacha, but this concept of um, not eating until the kohen himself gets. The Amar of Yitzchak, Amar of Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says. In the name of Rabbi Yochanan, it's forbidden to eat from an animal if you haven't yet separated the gifts for the Kohen. Rabbi Yitzchak says, anybody eats from an animal that they didn't separate those parts for the Kohen yet. It's as if you ate Tevel. It's as if like your mamish didn't separate Meiser. However, this is not the halacha. Okay, fine. But again, we started out the Esther of Preda. What traits does he have that allow him to live long productive life so he gave a few examples i was first in the base madrash i never said brachas a muslim before the kohen and um i didn't eat from an animal where the gifts were not yet handed over to the kohen okay so the second thing we he mentioned was i never benched i never led the benching led the zimun if there was a kohen there says the Gemara to clarify. Ask the Gemara, the Mamer, do you mean to say Damal Yusahi, what he did is a good thing, that he always gave it to a Kohen? Listen to this. Any Talmud Chacham who uh, leads Birchas Hamazen, even a Kohen Gadol who is in Am Ha'aretz. That Talmud Chacham is Chayav Misa. You're not allowed to give up on your Kavada Torah. If you represent Torah and somebody else represents Kahuna, but they're ignorant, you're not allowed to give up on the, you're not allowed to give, give up the Kavada Torah. Shinamar, as it says, Kol Misanai Ahavu Mavis. Everybody who, who, people who hate uh, the Torah love death. Altikre Misanai, don't read it, those who hate me. Ela Masni'ai, those who cause others to hate me. Meaning, the Gemara is answering, 
why is, why is it a positive thing that Rav Preda is saying he always allowed the Kohen to lead the benching? Sometimes it's a wrong thing to do. It's the wrong thing to allow the Kohen to lead the benching because you have to, if you're a Talmud Chacham and the Kohen is ignorant, you should not, um, you sh- you're not allowed to give up on that kavod. Answers the Gemara, Kika Amar Ihu Bishavim. When did Rav Preda say that he never led the benching if there was a Kohen? That is when they were equal in their Torah. So when they're equal in the Torah, so now the Kohen has one up on him because he has, he's a Talmud Chacham and he's a Kohen. So that's when he would he would uh, hand over the honors. However, if the if the Kohen was not as knowledgeable as he was, then he would not hand over the honors. All right, Gavaldik, let's keep going. Another Shaila that Tamidam asked their Rebbe. Shalu The students asked what is in what merit do you achieve long quality days, long quality life? Amar lahem, and Rabbi Chaim Ben Akana responded to me, "I'm my entire life. Listen to this beautiful line: I never lifted myself up by other people being put down. There's two ways to be lifted up: either by becoming better, becoming a better person, and lifting yourself up, or by kind of getting a gishmak out of other people being put down." He says, "I miyamai my entire life. I never gained honor to somebody else being put down. I never went to bed." Uh, having a, a curse on somebody else. We're going to explain what that is. And also, vatron bimemaini hayisi. I was very, I, I was a big vatron with my money. I would yield money. I wasn't, people uh, would, let's say if somebody hurt me financially or somebody claimed that I owed the money when I really didn't, I was very easy going with the money. That's the merit that I have to a long life. Now, I never got honor from somebody else's shame, somebody else being put down. Rav Huna was carrying a shovel on his shoulders. Listen to this. Rav Huna Bar came and he wanted to take from him. He wanted the honor of carrying it for... Um, uh, he wanted the, the honor of carrying it for Reb Nechuni Ben Akana. Omar Lehi said to him, He said to him, listen, if it's common for people to see you carrying a shovel as you walk around town, Dari, I'll let you do that. The Eli, but if it's, if it's not something that people often see you doing and it's going to come across as disrespectful, to make myself honored because you are lowering your own honor because people are, are not expecting to see you walking around town with a shovel, Lainichali, it is not proper for me. I cannot allow a kavod, an honor, to come my way through somebody else's lack of honor. Okay, beautiful, beautiful message over there. Okay, not to receive honor when it comes at the expense of something or somebody else. And I never went to bed <coughs> with a curse. What does that mean? <coughs> Excuse me. Like this story of Marzutra. When he would go to sleep. Amar, he would say, I am hereby Michael. I hereby forgive anybody who hurt me today. Anybody who caused me any sort of hurt. I am Michael. He never went to bed without forgiving the other person. I would yield with my money. Was a big mevater. With his money, he would always pay a little extra. Live a, uh, more, you know, this is not referring just to a tip, but if the store charged a little bit, he would always leave an extra, 
uh, an extra little bit to make sure that the seller walked away happy. Shal Rabbi Akiva as Rabbi Nechunya Hagadol. Rabbi Akiva asked Rabbi Nechunya Hagadol. Rabbi Nechunya Ben Akana, listen to this. And what merit do you have to live long, fruitful, productive life and days? Also, Gabze become Ochule. So, after Rabbi Akiva asked this, Rabbi Nechunya's uh, helpers came and they hit Rabbi Akiva. So, Rabbi Akiva climbed up to the top of a palm tree, Omar Lay, and he said to Rabbi Nechunya, Now that your guys can't reach me, Rabbi, If it says the word keves, why did a sheep? Why does it say echad? Keves, by definition, means one. Otherwise, it would say kvasim. Multiple sheep. So why do you got to say keves echad? Amar lehu. Um, so Reb Nechunia said, This is somebody who asks good questions. He's a, he's a yeshiva guy. He knows what he's doing. In other words, leave him alone. Shafku, leave him alone. Amar lehi. And Reb Nechunia said to Rabbi Akiva, Echad miyuchud she'be'edre. When it says, Lekeves ha'echad, you're right, it, would, it means one sheep. But echad means unique, beautiful, special. That when you bring a carbon. It should be from the best. Now, originally, Rebbe Kiva asked Rebbe Nechunya HaGadol, um, what's the merit for a long life? So Amar Lai, he's now going to tell him. He says, My entire life, I never accepted a present. I was never indebted to anybody. I didn't take things from anybody that I didn't personally earn as a transaction. And I never stood on my midas. Meaning... I, well, I didn't stand up for my, my, my rights when people would push me around. I wasn't like, oh, don't, don't mess with me. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't hold my ground with people. People want to mess with, push me around. I let them push me around. And Vatra, money, you see, I was always Vatra when it came to money. I would yield when it came to money. I didn't cause Machlaikas when it came to these things. Like Kibalti Matanis, how do we know that it's a good thing to not accept presents? Kihoda of Lazar, like this. Uh, incident of Rabbi Lazar, when they would send him presents <coughs> from the house of the Nasi, who was like the leading household of Klal Yisrael, he wouldn't take it. And whenever he was invited to these fancy schmancy gatherings, he wouldn't go. And he says, if you really want to do what's best for me and you want to honor me, you'd leave me alone and stop sending me presents and stop trying to give me kavod, stop trying to give me honor because the Pasuk says, one who hates presents will be able to live a full, productive life when we're not dependent on anybody else. And therefore he says, please, if you really, want, if you really care about me, do me a favor, leave me alone. Don't make me go for all this kavod. Rav Zera, when they would send him presents from the house of the Nasi, he wouldn't take it. But when they would invite him to a fancy schmancy dinner, he would go. Omar, he would say, you know why they're honoring? The reason why we want to go to the dinner is not because it's honoring me, that I wouldn't take, but it's because it's an honor for them that I show up. Therefore, I'm the giver over here. I'm not the taker. And it's not an issue of... And Mechunia says, one of the things that allowed me to live a long, productive life is I did not stand up for, uh, for my rights. I was willing to forego. The Rav says, Anybody who's Mavir Amidaisov, anybody who passes over on his Midais, meaning he, he, you know, he, he, he foregoes, he yields... 
he doesn't uh, he doesn't get involved in in the petty stuff. Mavirin mimenu of all of his averis are going to be removed when we're Michael other people for what they do to, to us, and we forego. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, you know what? Mida connected mida. I'm going to forego your averis as well. Shenamra says, nice avain va'iver al pesha. He forgives. Avain uh, averis willful transgressions va'iver, and he passes over al pesha. Purposeful. Who does Hakadosh Baruch Hu forgive? A person who's willing to look over when other people hurt them. Gavaldik. Let's keep going. All right. It's going to have a lot of beautiful limudim as we get down to the mission. Shal Rabbi Yisrael B'Shuah Ben Korcha. Rabbi asked the Shaila to Rabbi Yisrael Ben Korcha. What's your merit that you have? For a long and productive life, Amar Loi, Rabbi Yeshua says to him, "Katzta b'chayai." Hey, listen to this beautiful. He says, "Katzta b'chayai." He says, "I don't understand. <coughs> you don't want me. To, you don't want me to live so long. Why are you asking me these questions?" Amar Loi, he says to him, "Rabbi Tairi v'lomodani tzarech." He says, uh, "Listen." He says, "You're my Rabbi, and the Rabbi is obligated to teach a student." So that's why I'm asking you why you're living so long. What, what the Rebbe thought, what Rebbe Shua ben Karcha thought is, it bothers you that I'm living so long. Yeah? He says, no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's not like I want your position or something over here. But um, I'm just trying to learn. I want to know what, uh, how I'm supposed to live my life. Omar Lai. So Rebbe Shua says, Me on my entire life. I never gazed. At a wicked person, there are people nowadays. They won't look at a picture of a Russia. Russia. A person is not allowed to gaze at the at the form or the face of an Adam Russia. Shenemar, as it says, Lule Pene Yahishafat Malachihuda, were it not for Yahishafat Malachihuda, and he nice as Abed Elacha, I would bring, I, I would stare at you, the Im Ereka, or I would see you. Okay, meaning if there wouldn't be the Russia nearby, then I would look. Rabbi Lazar says, Ain of chaos. If you look at a Russia, a person who gazes really, that's what it means to look intently at the sight of a Russia, Ain of chaos. <clears throat> a person's eyes start to become blind. Shenamar, as it says, Vayhiki Zakin Yitzchak, when Yitzchak became older, Vatechienna, Ain of Meirais. His eyes uh, started becoming too hard to see, it became very difficult. Why? What, 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 what was unique about Yitzchak's eyes? Because who was always around Yitzchak? Mishum the Estakel be Esav Arasha period, because uh, Esav was uh, was around him a lot. And therefore, since Esav was around him, so that's what ultimately caused uh, Yitzchak Avinu to start losing his eyesight. Says the Gemara of Garmulai, is this is what caused Yitzchak to lose his eyesight? Looking at Esav, is that true? But we're all taught in school. The curse of a regular person should not be taken lightly. Words are meaningful. Words are important. Avimelech cursed Sarah when he realized that he was being hurt because he tried to take her. Vinaskayim Bizarin was fulfilled in her children. Shinamarad says by Avimelech, Hinehu Lach Susinaim. Take this as a Kesus Enaim. Kesus Enaim. Um, really means something to show you honor, but ksus enayim means to cover your eyes. Altikri ksus elakasias enayim. Don't read a, 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 a garment of, but a covering of the eyes. You see that Avimelech, even though he wasn't, uh, even though he wasn't the biggest tzaddik, but his curse lasts. You see, this is why Yitzchak became blind. 
It's not because he gazed at Esav. It says the Gemara, no, havaha, garmule, period. Both of them caused it. Meaning, once that curse was in place, and then Yitzchak looked at a Russia, gazed at a Russia, that's what caused ultimately for his eyes to start becoming blind. Rav Amar, no, it's, it, you, you have the curse, but then the situation allows, kind of becomes the vessel for the curse to come into play. Rav Amar, Rav says, Mehacha, another proof that you shouldn't look at a Russia. It says, Russia loy toiv. Two focus on the face of a Russia is not a good thing. When Rabbi Shua was passing away, they said to him, Rabbi Barcheni, Rabbi, Rabbi Shua, give, me a, give us a bracha, give me a bracha. Rabbi Shua says, It should be your will, You should live half my days, half my life. Says the Gemara, Rebbe shouldn't live the whole life of Rebbe Shua. Why is he giving him a bracha to live half his life? Amar Lai, he says to him, What a beautiful expression. He says this, he says, What do you want your children to do? Nothing. You want them to just graze your animals? Meaning what Rebbe Shua is telling him is, Listen, I lived a particularly long life. It's not always a good thing. Because people are put into the world to accomplish, to work, to create on their own. And he says to Rebbe, if you were to live an an incredibly long life, you're really going to be taking away opportunity from your own family to accomplish. They're always going to be living in your shadow. And we have to realize there's time in the world that's for us, and then there's a time for the world to have our children, and then there's a time for the world to have our grandchildren. Everything has a rhyme and a reason. It's not always a big bracha, a big blessing to live in this world in exceedingly long time because other people can ultimately lose out by that. Fascinating. I'm going to receive because I never gazed at somebody who serves I never even got involved in, in a business partnership with a with somebody who worships of a desire because and the the mile of that is that when you enter good business deals you're helping them start to um, uh, be grateful to their Abay Dezara. You're at least putting yourself into a situation where you're doing that and therefore he refrained even from business uh, even from business partnerships. Shalu The students asked Rabbi Zerah What's your schos that you have a long and productive life? Amar Lahem he says to them, here's my secrets. Miyamai, my life, in my entire life. I never showed anger inside my house. Now keep in mind, this is it's a lot easier to get angry inside your house than outside your house. Some people, unfortunately, are, are big menschliche people, and they do a lot of chesed outside the home. And inside the home, chas v'sholm, they could be animals, or... Even not so bad. They're not as nice inside the home as they are inside the home. What Rav Zera is testifying, he never got angry inside his house. Kavachaymer, anywhere else. So I worked on my anger. That's what allows me to live a productive life. I never walked in front of somebody who's greater than me. I always make sure to work either sideways or a little bit behind. I never thought in learning around, excuse me, around Mavayas around. Uh, dirty areas where you're not allowed to think of holy words. I never took a shluf inside of a base medrash. I never laid down to go to sleep. 
nor did I ever take a a uh, doze. I never dozed off in a in a base medrash as well. Vleisasti, which by the way is mutter. You're allowed to, as we're going to see. We're going to get into a fascinating uh, discussion over here that a base medrash is called the house of a rabbanon. So a talmud chacham, a person who's sitting and learning Torah, there you're allowed to treat it like your house in certain ways. You know, you're allowed to take a you're allowed to doze off and take a nap. But let's keep going. He says there's this was the covet, the honor. That I gave to a Medish. I was never happy when somebody else failed. Might have been my competition, could have been whatever. I was never happy. Could it be my Chavrusa? You're trying to get your shot across. Turns out you're right, your Chavrusa is wrong. I was never happy when, <coughs> because some, of somebody else's failing. And I never called anybody by a nickname, and nor did I ever call somebody by a last name if it wasn't a positive type of name. I always made sure when I referred to people, what a beautiful midah, what a beautiful trait. I always made sure that when I referred to people and spoke to people and spoke about people, there was only positivity. It was only positive things, only productive things, only things that were good about them. And this is the, mid, the, the these are the midas that I have, which allow me, which allowed me to have arichas yomim. And as we explained in the beginning of the year today, it doesn't say arichas shonim, long years, it says arichas yomim, because arichas yomim is more than just a long life, it's long, productive days. And how beautiful to be able to live a life with these midas. Okay. We're now up to the Mishnah, four lines from the bottom of Chofches, Amar Aleph. And Rebuda also says, <clears throat> We're going back into the Kedusha, the holiness of Ashul. He says, Ashul, that was destroyed. Okay? It's no longer in use. You're not allowed to use it as a place, like a chapel, a funeral chapel, to, to have Levias, to give eulogies, and you're also not allowed to use it to do any sort of work. This literally means to make ropes, but it means any, any sort of work, even if it's not uh, a low type of labor. Now let us spread out nets in it to catch animals that walk through there. Again, it's no longer in use. Now let us spread out fruits on top of the roof of the shul. Now this is a big chiddush. This is a, actually a very novel concept because everything up until now is telling me you're not allowed to use the inside of the shul because there's holiness. If you're not allowed to lay out fruits on the roof, that means that the actual roof itself, it's not the inside of a shul that's holy. It's the bricks, everything, the ceiling, the, the roof itself is holy and therefore even to lay out fruits on top to dry out is going to be forbidden. And you're also not allowed to use the shul as a shortcut. As it says, and there's going to be empty holy places, meaning shuls, but they medrash that are no longer in use. We're calling these places holy even when they are empty, even when they're no longer in use, they retain their holiness. Listen to this. The Gemara is going to explain this. This is fascinating. Says the Mishnah, if you have a shul that's no longer in use and grass starts to grow, weeds start to grow in the flooring of the shul, you should not pull the grass out. Don't pull it out. 
you leave it there. I covered Beis HaKnesses, honor for the shul. You want to make sure it looks clean, even though it's a, it's a holy place still. No, because of Agmas Nefesh, meaning we want it to look run down. Yes, there's covered Beis HaKnesses, but it's a greater covered for this shul. If people see it run down and that makes them feel bad, it gives them a conscience and therefore they'll repair it and use it again. That ultimately is a much greater cover than keeping it up. Because if you have a, uh, the shul's being kept up, it's beautiful, it's still beautiful, so on and so forth. So no, uh, so people aren't going to feel as bad. It's a greater covet, says the Mishnah, in this circumstance, to leave the grass growing. Because hopefully, we're hoping that people will look at that grass and say, you know something, we got to do something about this and ultimately put the shul back together and put it back to use. Gavaldik. Bottom line. the rabbis learn In any shul, you're not allowed to be naig in them lightheadedness, foolishness. And also in a shul, you're not allowed to eat. You're not allowed to drink inside of a shul. You're also not allowed to start putting on your makeup and, and making beautifying, looking in the mirror inside of a shul. You walk into a shul, you start put, you know, looking at yourself like it's all about me. It's not respectful of a shul. You shouldn't use it for a tiyul, to go for a walk, for a spetzir. Listen to this. You're not allowed to walk into a shul because it's hot outside and the shul is going to give you air conditioning. You can't just walk into the shul just for air conditioning. We'll see. what. So what do you do, Taka? Yeah? Or if it's raining, you can't run into a sanctuary of a shul because you're trying to escape the rain. Were you making this show your personal use? You can't do that. It's disrespectful. Also not allowed to give a private hesped. This is something, a hesped that's not going to be attended by the whole community. Avol, but, says the says the Baham, you know what you're allowed to do? Let's say it's raining and you want to go inside. You know what you do? Baham, go inside, sit down and start learning. You're also allowed to have a hesped shal rabim, a, a eulogy that applies to somebody who's going to bring out the community. Amr of Yudah, Yudah says, Amasai, when is this halacha true? Be Yeshuvan, when these shuls are all in use. That's when we say all these halachas. You're not allowed to look in the mirror and dress yourself up and use it to, for, for a walk and protect yourself from the elements. Aval bechorbanan. Let's say they are bechorban. Let's say they are in ruins. Manichin aisam. You leave it. Va'olim ben masam la'yitlaish. You let the grass grow in it, and you don't take out the grass. Agmas nefesh because of agmas nefesh, which is the statement that we had in the Mishnah. We want people to be bothered by the look, so that they'll fix up the shul. Says the Gemara. Savimand dekarshmei. Who in this brisa was talking about grass? Why is Rabbi Yehuda infatuated with grass? It's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about things you're not supposed to use the shul for. This is really what the Bryce says. Okay? If you have a shul that's not in use, means you honor them, meaning you sweep, you clean it out, and you, <coughs> and you also lay out dirt in order so the floor should be smooth, so that the grass does not grow in them. 
Amar Rav Yudah, Yudah says, no. Masai, when do we say this halacha be yeshuva? And that's when the shoals are in use. If the shoals are not in use, you leave it. Let the grass grow. If grass grows, don't take it out. Because of agmas nefesh, we want people to be bothered by the looks again and hopefully show it the proper kavod by rebuilding it. Okay, Gavaldik Amaravasi. Ravasi says, But the Knesia Shabbabavel, the shuls in Bavel, which are temporary shuls, because Golos is temporary. We're not here permanently. We know <coughs> anything outside of Eretz Yisrael is temporary. Al Tanai Hemasuyim. They're automatically built, Al Tanai. They're built on condition that we understand that at some point, you know, we're out of here. And this building could be used for anything. Vafal came, but even so, you got to treat these shuls with proper covid. Okay, even once they're no longer in use. Umay nihu, what's considered lightheadedness? Things that are not productive. Cheshbonus, cheshbonus. You want to call it a board meeting, something like that. You know, if there's one word, uh, somebody once shared me. If there's one word in the vo- English vocabulary which describes why mankind has not yet reached its potential, it's meetings. Yeah? Meetings. Meetings is the reason why you know, nothing gets done. So what's considered Kalas Reich? Cheshbon is the meetings. Yeah, you sit, sit there, make calculations. Amr Avaz, Yervaz says, If you have a shul where they make calculations, Malinim Bayas eventually, they're going to put dead bodies there. As if, like, it's, right now it seems like you're supposed to. Says the Gemara, Malina and Salka Daitach, you're supposed to? Like, Sagi de Lavachi? What does that mean? It, it, like, this is something we should, it's like a goal, we should aim to have bodies here? What shaykhs? <clears throat> Says the Gemara, no. If you don't treat the shul appropriately in the end, it's kind of like a little bit of a punishment. Um, it's going to end up being a shul where it's needed. For the the area of the shul is needed for a uh, for housing um, bodies as a mace mitzvah. Okay, period. Two dots. You're not allowed to get all dressed up in a shul. and his talmidim is allowed to get dressed inside of a shul. What is called a Be'rabonon? What is called the house of the sages? Be'sa de'rabonon. A house of the sages, meaning B'nai Yeshiva, people who sit and learn Torah. So when you, they understand that the Be'is Medrash is their house. So when it's your house, if you treat it like your house, it's your, you know, you're, you're a Ben Bias in the Be'is Medrash. So there's, there, you're allowed to do things that you do in your house. You're allowed to get dressed there. You're allowed to... Um, get ready, so on and so forth. We're not going to a shul just to get out of the heat in the summertime, or to get out of the rains in the winter season. Says the Gemara. Ravina and Ravada Barmasna were standing and asking questions of Rava. And as they were talking outside and learning, it started to rain. They ran into the shul. Amri, and they said, This time we went into the shul was not because we're running away from the rain. Uh, that's not the reason why. Uh, so what's, what is the reason? Because we couldn't focus on our Limerah Torah. When it's pouring outside, you can't, in your middle of a Torah conversation, you can't focus. So the reason why we went into the shul was a permitted reason. 
Yes, we were also protected from the rain, but we went in to be able to continue our Torah conversation. And you see from here that, practically speaking, if a person ever needs to use a shul, <coughs> as, <coughs> even if there is another reason, but as long as you're using it for the purpose of the shul, <coughs> it's not considered a lack of honor. Amalei Ravacha, the Ravacha, Ravashi, Ravacha, the son of Rava, asked the question, searching for information. For uh, I'm sorry, said to Ravashi, If you need to go get somebody from a shul, so you're doing it for your personal, why are you walking into the shul? Do it for your personal reason. My, what's the halach? You know, they have a joke for about these shuls where they sell tickets in order to get, get in on the high holidays. They sell tickets. So this guy walks into a shul where they sell tickets. And the usher was by the front door. He says, you need a ticket to get in. He says, I don't, I don't plan on praying here. I just have my brother-in-law, Dobbins, here. And I got to give him a message. He says, I'm sorry. I'm only allowed to let people in with tickets. He says, please, you know, my brother-in-law is here. He's eating the meal with us. I just got to tell him what time we're coming over or whatever. So the usher says, okay, I'll make you, I'll tell you what. Go inside, but I better not catch you praying. You hear me? <laughs> you can't use the show. You only let a daven in the show if you have a ticket, right? So here, here it's a shtickle the opposite. What we're saying is, you know, you need to go into a shul. It's usher. If you're going to just use it for your own personal reasons, what should you do if you have to walk into a shul for a personal reason? Omar Leh, Zervashi says, If he's a yeshiva guy, then go into the shul and say a halacha as you go in. And now you said your halacha, you use the shul for its purpose, and now you can go do what you got to do. Vitanahu, and if you, are, if you learn Mishnayis, you should say a Mishnah. Vikarahu, if you know Chumash, say a Pasuk of Chumash. This is, by the way, Allah Lamais is what you're supposed to do. If you ever need to walk into a shul for any reason other than learning a davening, you, sit, you, you, you recite a verse, you recite a Mishnah, Gemara, the law, if you can't do anything, say to a kid who's there, teach me one Pasuk you learned in Shul. That's also, you know, I want to learn. I myself can't, I don't know how to read, I don't know how to learn, but you teach me something. Make sure to sit down in the Shul, spend a little bit of time. There's also something to that as well, also a beautiful message. Right, that even if we don't know uh, how to learn, we don't get all the, uh, you know, we don't understand everything that's going on, going on in the various shurim in the shul. But just to be in an environment of a shul, to be in an environment of a base medrash, that itself has a tawelas, has a constructive purpose. Vinekum, and then once you spent a little bit of time there, you get up and you leave. You're let to give a hespid of the public in a shul. What is considered a public hespid, a public eulogy? Machvi Rav Chista, Rav Chista pointed. If Rav Sheshas is, at a, is attending a Levaya, that's going to be a Chosh of enough Levaya that people are going to come, and that's considered a public funeral, a public eulogy. Machvi Rav Sheshas, where Rav Sheshas was asked this, he, he pointed, Yes, so Rav Chista was showing honor to Rav Sheshas. Rav Sheshas was showing honor to Rav Chista. Okay, Raphram. Uh, Raphram gave a hespit to his daughter uh, on his daughter-in-law who Nebuch passed away in the shul Omar and he said the reason why I'm allowed to give a hespit in the shul is it's because even though she herself may have not been well known but since I'm going to be there it's going to be the community is going to come out and that's considered a, a uh, hespit of a rabim Okay, Rav Zera, So it's not only about who passed away; it's also who's going to be attending the funeral. Rav Zera Safte Lumer Rabbanu Beknishta. Rav Zera gave a husband. 
on a young Talmud Chacham in the shul. Amar, he said, didi. The reason why I'm allowed to do this either because people are going to come out for my honor because I'm giving a hesped. Or people are going to come out uh, or, or because of the kavod of the, the young man who passed away. People are going to come out. So whenever you have a hesped that the community is coming out to, such a hesped is permitted to be given in a shul. It's not considered using the shul for for an unnecessary or a lack of kadosh dika manner. Okay. Reish Lakish Safte Lutzumer Abundant. Reish Lakish gave a hesped on a young yeshiva guy, the Shriach Bar the Yisrael, who would constantly go to Eretz Yisrael. Okay? Now Reish Lakish was known to be very stolzy, as they say in Yiddish. He was very careful about who he spoke to. He didn't talk to anybody who was not a Tamar Chachim because he wanted to make sure that people didn't, uh, didn't think he condoned uh, just any random person. So if he spoke to you, that means he held you were a chush of a person. So Rish Lakish gave a husband on, on a young yeshiva guy who came to Eretz Yisrael often. He taught Allahus either it means 24 rows of Talmidim or he sat in the 24 rows of Talmidim. Amar Rish gave a husband on this young man. He says, look, Eretz Yisrael lost such a great person. Okay, now, there was somebody else who learned all these sefra, sefri, tesefta, all these limudim from the times of Brises, Vishachiv, and this this yid died. Asu, they came, they told Rav Nachman, give a hesped on him. Omar Rav Nachman says, What can I say about him? Yeah, listen to this. This guy is just like a book that passed away. In other words, he, he never had much to tell anybody else. He never, he never knew enough to be able to, to spread the word. So Gemara says, Tochazi, come see, Ma bein takifi Yisrael, the difference between the Shtoltzi people of Eretz Yisrael who are willing to speak um, uh, about those who are students and less than them, the Hasidic, the Bavl, than the pious people of Bavl, meaning those who live in Eretz Yisrael have the upper hand um, even over the Chashuva people, uh, the Hasidim in Bavl, who weren't willing to give a public hesped on this student. Okay, Tanan Hasam. We learned in a Mishnah elsewhere. This is a Mishnah in Avos, a Mishnah in Perkei Avos. What does the Mishnah tell us? Ud ishtamesh besaga cholof. A person who uses the crown of Torah for their personal use, for their personal gain, chalaf will be, will be uh, removed from this world. Tani Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish taught us, This is talking about uh, not only a person who uses words of Torah for their personal gain, but a person who uses a Talmud Chacham to work for them. So they have personal gain. Kisra Shal Torah. This is a person who learns Allah is, is, is considered the crown of Torah. Vyamar Ula. And Ula explains. Ula says, It's better if you need somebody to help you to use somebody who learned four out of the six orders of Mishnayis. And not make use of somebody who teaches Four, okay. So if you have a choice, you have a Talmud, you need help. And you have a choice between having somebody help you who teaches or somebody who learns. 
Better to use the one who learns and not the one who teaches. Reish was going on the road. Listen to this Gavaldika story. Mata Orka and they reached a pond. Also, Somebody came along, picked up Reish who was massive. Reish himself was a very strong man. This guy put Reish on his shoulders and started carrying him across. I'm going to carry the Rav across. says Do you know how to learn Torah? Amar Karina. He says, I know how to learn Chumash. Um, Tanisa, do you know how to learn Mishnayis? Tanina Arbasaj Mishnah. He says, I, I, I've learned four out of the six Siddharim of Shas. Amarlei Rish Lakish says, Pesalta Lacharba Ture Vitaant Bar Lakish Akaspech. You have four big tablets that, that are yours, meaning you're an incredibly hush of a person, and you're carrying Lakish on your shoulders. I can't allow you to carry me. Shadi bar lekisha b'maya. Throw me, Reish Lakish, into the water. You're not allowed to carry me. I'm not allowed to make use of you. Omar lay, and the the man says, Nichali, please, Rebbe, it's good for me. I prefer Dashmin and Lamar. I I want to be able to serve you. Please let me carry you. It's a schus for me to carry you. So Reish Lakish says, Okay, you're a learned person. I, you want to carry me? Here's the deal I'm going to make with you. Ihachi, if so, Gemar mini. At least learn from me, Hamilsa, something. Because now I'll become your Rebbe. And when you have a Rebbe and a Talmud relationship, a Rebbe is allowed to accept Kavod from the Talmud. So what does he tell him? The Yomar of Zerah of Zerah says, B'nais Yisrael, here's his halacha. He says, Jewish women, they are machmir, they are strict on themselves. Even if they see a drop of dam, a drop of blood, even the size of a mustard seed, they always sit seven clean veins because, uh, uh, because of that smallest drop. Now, why is this a chiddush? Isn't this the halacha? No, because the halacha really is that when you're in a state of nida, you just need to wait one day um, uh, or actually just wait for the actual blood to stop and then you go to the mikvah right away. Nowadays, we're strict and we automatically, once a person's in a state of nida, we consider it a zavagadola, as we've learned in Meseches Nida, and everybody waits seven clean days. So the, here's the, the, the beauty of the B'nai Yisrael, that no matter what, any time they enter the state of Tumah, they're going to wait, they're going to be strict and wait seven clean days. And that's the halacha that he taught this man, in order for this man to be allowed to carry him across the pond. Tanah of Elio, they learned in the yeshiva of Eliyahu, kol ha-shayna halachos. This is a, something we're familiar with. We say this in davening. Anybody who learns halachos, he's guaranteed a place in Olam Haba, that he's going to Olam Haba. If you learn halacha, as the Pesach says, the way of the world, uh, his going is Hashem's. Don't read the word only halichais, the goings of Hashem, Allah halachais. Rather, it is, you can also read it that it's referring to halachas, which, by the way, the word halacha means to go, which is why it's called halacha, because when a person follows halacha, it's telling us how, telling us how to go, how, um, you know, how a Jew is supposed to live, how we're supposed to move along. When a person makes sure to learn through halacha, so we know how to go, we know what to do, and memela, of course, that's going to allow a person to achieve alam hava, achieve the world to come. Okay, Gavaldik, we're up to Tanur Abanan. we're on the very bottom of Chav Ches Beis, and Be'ezes Hashem, we will pick up up from here tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.